0: What's up, everybody?
1: Woo-hoo! What's going on, people?
0: Welcome back to your new favorite podcast with your new favorite band.
1: We are the music
0: maniacs. And we're also sight after dark. We are also. And today
1: we are
0: talking. Bzzz. We're talking about some killer
1: bees. Swarming down on the New York City boroughs. We're not
0: talking about the killer hornets because they don't they only stay in the south. They didn't make it all the way up to NYC. Exactly. But um, we're talking
1: about the oh. RZA, the Jizza, old dirty bastard, Raekwon the chef, Inspector Deck, Meph Man, You God, Master Killer, Ghostface Killer. I said that. Did you? Yes. Fuck. I'm lost. We're
0: talking about the Wu-Tang Clan people. <laughs> Welcome. So. Talking about the Wu Tang Clan, yeah. The legends themselves, those the masters those. of Shaolin.
1: Aha! Oh God! Shaolin style. style. I'll let you try my Wu Tang style. I'll let you try it. What a what a group! I know. How do we get into it? How do we start first? I feel like because there's just so
0: many people and there's so many things branching off of Wu Tang. Yeah. I feel like the way to do it is to kind of focus on RZA. Yeah. And to like branch off and talk about the other things as they come up. Yeah, because Riza is really—if y'all don't know—Riza is the leader. Like Riza is the one that made it happen.
1: He's the nucleus of them all. I like. Um, well, I think um, what makes them so uh, uh, intriguing too is the name. And I feel like you know, touching on Riza and the name, like where does that come from? Why would they choose some Asian-sounding name when they're from <laughs> Staten Island? Why would they do it? Why would they do it?
0: They just love. Music, mm-hmm. and they love kung fu. Karate. Kung Some would fu. say they fucks with the foo. Fu.
1: They fucks fool. with the foo. You know. Yeah, which is really interesting because they love these underground karate movies. And like here in New York, uh, before Fox was Fox, it was W Y N Y W or something like that. And they showed all these like old programs before mm-hmm. the corporations took over. So those flicks would come on Channel Five all the time. And then they also were showing in Times Square all the time. So these young kids love these movies. So this is why Wu-Tang becomes part of their culture, why Asian Kung Fu style becomes part of their culture. Because I do want to make a note and say that socially Asian culture, socially Asian people weren't mixed in with people of color's neighborhood per se, as opposed, right. you know, other than having shops in our neighborhood, like mm-hmm. our our kids weren't hanging out together as much, but culturally Asian culture was very influential. It was nothing to see people like the Wu-Tang Clan because years before you had movies like the last dragon, right? These kids in the eighties used to walk around with one, uh, part of a Chinese, uh, karate, a Kung Fu uniform, either the top or the bottom with a wife beater. Like they had nunchucks, they had the hats and it was just regular black kids from the neighborhood or Hispanic kids. So, the Asian culture was did assimilate into hip hop urban culture very early before actual Asians themselves <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting,
0: yeah, that is really funny that is interesting, <laughs> but okay, so let's bring it back to robert Diggs yes a k a prince rakim uh-huh a k a the Riza uh-huh He was born in Brooklyn, right?
1: yes. To a cousin named Jizza. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> his cousin was his father. <laughs> no. no, no. So he was bored so he was born in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and he he got into a, like, you know, a lot of trouble and shit as a kid. Yeah. So his mom was like, I'm gonna send you away to live with your uncle in South Carolina. Was it North or South Carolina? South. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Cause apparently his uncle had like five hundred acres of land. Yes. Which is fucking ridiculous. It is
1: ridiculous. We were it talking
0: is. in the Johnny Ca- eh. in the Johnny Cash podcast. They had like 20 acres of land, and we're yeah. like, "That's a lot." Yeah. First of all, I was was curious about this. I'm like, they never like who
1: was his uncle
0: that just had all this fucking land.
1: They, you know what? A lot of these artists that come from the ghetto, they don't want to say who they're connected to and who actually put them on in the game because you have to be connected. You're not just rapping in the streets. You're not. Yeah. Okay, some of our illest rappers are very well connected in the music industry or some type of industry.
0: Okay? Right. Well, so I guess that'll just remain a mystery to us for now. Yes,
1: yes, yes. They but, were broken from the hood and they they scraped their way out. Yeah. let's, let's stay with that
0: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so sells more records. But um that experience was very formative for him mm-hmm. because I guess his uncle just like got him into like reading mm-hmm. and like Shit that he wasn't doing before, I exactly. guess. Exactly.
1: He was a little waterhead boy causing trouble.
0: Yeah. So he was <laughs> he was there for like three years, something like
1: that. Yeah.
0: And just like kind of it kind of you know changed his um I guess his perspective on things a little bit or whatever. He so he goes back to New York, and then now they're in Staten Island, right?
1: Now they're in Staten Island. The Jizza has already kind of gotten a little bit of something because he had a record out before them.
0: Right. Well. So so Rizza. Had two cousins uh-huh. that were... They were both in Brooklyn also, right? Yes. So, Gary Grice, uh-huh. a.k.a. Jizza, a.k.a. The, the Genius. The
1: Genius. That was his first stage name. He had a song called, Girl, Come Do Me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> With, that shit is so corny. When you, you go back and look at that old shit, it's crazy what, they, what the labels are having them do. But we'll get into that. Um, and then their other cousin... Russell Jones, Uh AKA the old dirty bastard, Uh because there's no father to his style. (laughs) And um, so yeah, so they were cousins, and they, you know, they kind of um, were introduced to hip hop together. Like like they went to like a show or something in like the South Bronx, or and they first saw like DJing and rapping, and they were like, "Oh shit, this is crazy! I'm into this!" Right? Yeah. So RZA became just like. He became basically the the house producer for his neighborhood in Staten Island,
1: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like
0: everybody knew that he was the guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like and another thing, so all so he was you know meeting up with all these rappers that were living in the projects, and he was not living in the projects. They had a house with where he had like ten siblings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's a it fucking lot of people. That
1: is a lot. That is a lot.
0: And because they was in a house, they had a basement. Yes. Where he was basically able to set up a studio.
1: Right, right. He was the one that went out. Um, from what I know, the genius came and brought back, saying that okay, we can make, we can do something with music. We can, we can make something of ourselves. And then Riza took it upon himself to actually buy the equipment to mm-hmm. make the beats and everything. And yeah, he did. He had the house, he had the space, so he started making the beats. And then he knew enough people to a rap.
0: Yeah, know? I well I just feel like if you're that guy that's that's making all those beats and everybody in the neighborhood knows you, like the rappers are going to gravitate towards you. Mm-hmm. So the next thing you know, like he knows rappers from these projects, he knows rappers from these projects that don't necessarily know each other or they do know each other and they don't like each other and at all. they don't like
1: each other, right? Right? Right.
0: <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But so they're all friends and everything, but Rizza wasn't originally. The idea of the Wu-Tang Clan was not like that
1: no no there no, was no. a lot
0: of other shit that happened first for RZA to be like okay we're doing our own thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: um specifically dealing with the industry yeah which is bullshit <laughs> some things never change
1: <laughs> you
0: know what I mean so it's kind of like what we were talking like so Jizza was the first one yeah under the name the genius yeah to have a record out in the like the um like the mainstream right labels or whatever
1: yeah he was the first one to have the record deal because he was not connected at all to anybody <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well well we gotta say well we'll talk obviously more about like lyrical styles and shit but his um i mean there's a reason they call him the genius yeah i mean his there's so much in, like intelligence in their their lyrics well all of their lyrics but especially him like the way that he puts shit together it's like this dude is a fucking wordsmith yeah you know what i mean so definitely. people are gonna pick that up
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he had a good delivery he just had a really great style
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: And everybody did know him, you know. When that song came out, from what I've heard, that it it didn't do terribly. Not Prince Rakim, the genius, right? Like the girl, come do me. Everybody actually liked it. <laughs> actually, shit. had a little buzz, you know. He wasn't he wasn't whack.
0: It's just still so funny to me because you you look. Lick- If you go back and you listen to that track now, it's so not, it's clearly not really him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's clearly, he was in the label system, and at this point, like, this is late 80s, right? Yeah. So Def Jam had already came out. Def Jam already kind of revolutionized shit. And all these other labels were kind of trying to be like Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Right? They're like, oh, well, this will probably sell, and this will probably sell. And the whole thing is like, you're already fucking up if you're just trying to do it based on what's going to sell. Because yeah. then the music is not the main thing.
1: If I ha- I think it's Tommy Boy. I think he was on Tommy Boy, which was actually an okay hip-hop label. But, yeah, you're right. It's like they, they did a lot of hit and miss on Tommy Boy. Yeah. A lot.
0: Well, I think – I don't remember if Jizzle was on Tommy Boy. I think – RZA RZA's was Tommy boy. Yeah. Well, okay. So he wasn't even the RZA yet.
1: Right No. no right.
0: No. So he, at this time his, his, uh, stage name was Prince Rakim. Yes. Right. So we love
1: you, Rakim. Uh, so
0: <laughs> bad. It's so Corey. <laughs> so yeah. So he didn't even get an album. He only really got a single. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. it was, well, how did it go?
1: We love you, (laughs) Rakeem.
0: And it's like the whole thing that the labels were trying to push at that time was not like street shit. Right. Right? It was like, oh, yeah, like you're going to be a ladies man and the girls are going to love you and you're going to sell like this. And he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, like record labels are into me. Like, this is crazy. Like, I want to do this. You know what I
1: mean? Right.
0: So, of course, he's going to listen to them and he's going to put out this video and this song they want him to do. Yeah. And it's so just not him.
1: It's not. It doesn't work. He tries. And it doesn't work.
0: It just doesn't. Because it, it comes back to what we always talk about this podcast. Like, auth- authenticity is what always wins out in the, ro- the long run as an artist. Mm-hmm. And for both of them, for the genius and Prince Rakeem at the time, neither of these things were, like, what they really had in their fucking heart to do. Right. Exactly. Right? So, they basically got chewed up and spit out by the fucking industry. Yeah. Like, yeah. already. Like, yeah. young.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Because um, did Jizzy get dropped from the label or he left?
1: I have no idea what really happened with that um, I have no idea. Even still to this day, I don't know. Cuz I know that uh Riza got dropped. Yes, cuz he wasn't producing anything. Well, I mean he wasn't selling. So right. nothing he was making was producing. I don't know exactly what happened with Genius. I feel like the Genius just jumped on another project. I don't think the Genius was dropped. Though.
0: Yeah, whatever it was, it it, it he they came he came to an end at that path, mm-hmm. right? And then
1: I was kind of sad. Only really? because I like the name Genius better than the Jizza. Yeah. And I just think it's a good hip-hop name, and I think it suits him really well because of his demeanor. Right. You know, he's not all up in your face trying to prove that he's smart. Yeah. You know, you just you find out that he's smart. Like, you know what I mean?
0: Well, you know, they form like Voltron, and he's the head. Yeah. That's what I've heard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Wu-Tang Clan, that is. So, um, yeah, so RZA, Jizza, they get chewed up and spit out by the industry, basically. And this is the thing that I really love. I mean, we're already getting into the dopeness of Wu-Tang, but, like, I mean, how many people... And I'm just saying this, like, hypothetically. Like, how many people have been in that position in the record industry where they get signed, they put out one album or one single, and they get dropped, and then that's it. That's their whole music career, and then they just go be a fucking accountant for the rest of their life.
1: I dated a guy like that. He's not happy. No. And how
0: many people, like, in the world... Like, way more people have done that than have had a successful music career. Correct. Right? Correct. But... These two, specifically Riza, really had the vision. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like, this is not the end for me. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's just like, I see how the industry works, and I'm not trying to do that shit at all. Yeah. Like, Riza was, he was a very visionary person, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, He was, Um, he was like... The Steve Jobs of hip-hop
1: yeah I kind of wanted to uh, suh, suh, segue into that and be like this is what I, you love about America the only thing that made RZA think that way was being an American really you know what I mean it's yeah. like no 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 there's too many people before me that did it on their own and carved their own way out like right. if I want it I'm definitely gonna get it
0: yeah yeah it's like, I'm gonna make this shit happen and I'm gonna do it my way right
1: yep I yeah. did it my <laughs> shout out to the dry steak
0: <laughs> so, but before we even get into that, so something else happens with him
1: mm-hmm.
0: that um he gets into an altercation. Correct. With somebody in the neighborhood
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he shoots a motherfucker. Yeah. And what happens when you shoot people is you usually get put on trial mm-hmm. and
1: somehow he got off.
0: Yeah. Somehow,
1: somehow he got off because he's not connected at all. We want to remember he's he doesn't not connected. He doesn't know anyone. It's just a poor kid from the hood that made it.
0: So, long story short, <laughs> he gets a not guilty verdict. Okay, and his mom comes up to him and he's just like, and she's just like, "This is your second chance. You don't don't fucking blow this, mm-hmm. right?" And at this point. Prince Rakim had deceased. Yes. And from the ashes rose. Yes. The RZA.
1: The RZA.
0: And Robert
1: mm-hmm.
0: was like, you know what? She's right. <laughs> I'm not in jail. This is like my second chance. Like, I got to really do this shit as much as I possibly can. Yes. So now he's really starting to see the vision because he's already been in the industry. You've seen what that is. Mm-hmm. They, they spit him out. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know what this shit already is. I know how people do it. I don't want to do it like that right so he already was the neighborhood guy right yes he all the rappers in the neighborhood already knew him yeah. he already knew all these people he just kind of like sitting there like with these beats like chilling with his friends and he just kind of like yo like we're all dope like we're all fucking awesome like this could <laughs> this is the thing you know what i mean like he's like we don't have to do that no. like what we got here this is something different yeah and this is something The Wu got something the people want to hear.
1: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what do you do when you feel like you've got something that the people want to hear? You make the people hear it?
0: You force it down their ears. You
1: basically force it down their ears, and that's what happened. Um, So a um, couple of members, Bobito Garcia, half of Stretch and Bobito, he said Stretch was out on tour because Stretch had become internationally famous. Now we're talking about around the golden era of hip-hop itself. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people started getting better deals. Like Stretch and Bobito, you know, they're probably not playing... Bronx parties and just up at Hot 97 anymore. They're traveling all over. So, Babito's at the station, stretches out, and Bobito says, somebody comes and rushes the door. And they're like, you got to play this record. So, <laughs> Bobito's like, I didn't know their face is He was like, but now, if I was to say who it was, he was like, it was ODB, it was the RZA, and it was Ghostface. They showed up, and then they were like, play this.
0: Okay. Yeah, so we should we should introduce the other members now because yeah. we've only really talked about the three cousins.
1: Yes. So, all right. So the risen, the jizza, they start jizzing and risen, <laughs> and then. <laughs> 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 right. They're making beats, psh, 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 cooking them up downstairs. Yeah. And then they've got other rappers coming through. Ooh, what's that beat? Ooh, what's that beat? Put me on, put me on. Mm-hmm. So some of them hate each other. Some of them like each other. uh But we, uh I, I believe the first lyricist that they absolutely had to have, besides their own cousin, the old DB, was Raekwon the chef. Yes. Because, guys, if you have not listened to Raekwon's lyrics, His albums are ridiculous, and he spits hot fire. He, I feel, is essential in the golden era of Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Him, yeah, at that moment, that sweet spot right there. That, I mean, that's all the chef like, and that was great. So he pulls up Raekwon and, you know, can't let this guy go.
0: And um, Raekwon, at the time, he was having some beef with this other dude who oh. was also a rapper.
1: Yes. What What was his name? His name was Pretty Tony. It was Dennis. It was Ghostface Killer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is so crazy because they become such a strong partnership in themselves. Yes, and it started out with them. I mean, I don't in the Wu Tang like series on Hulu, they were saying that like Raekwon was trying to fucking murder him.
1: Yeah, shooting I, up his was house. Was that actually
0: what happened? I don't know if that's actually what happened.
1: I don't know if that's more for the thing they divine. Uh, who is um, uh, Riz's brother? Says that he tries to downplay a lot of the violence, you know, because they're older, they've got families and they don't Mm -hmm. want to negatively, you know, back then they were kids, like, you know what I mean? And they don't want to keep doing that. So we'll never really know exactly what, what was the exact truth. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All we know is that they were not fond of each other, Mm -mm. but Riza was able to bring them together and Mm -hmm. just be like, look, you're fire, you're fire. Let's all be fucking fire together and build some shit.
1: Yeah. Right. So they got them. They got uh. They got that boy Method Man. They got Method Man, who is uh from Long Island and then moved to Staten Island. I don't. That is culture shock, like a MF, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like
0: playing the cross and fucking Long Island and shit, right?
1: What happened, dude?
0: And then <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and then ends up in Staten.
1: Something <laughs> happened, moms. I don't know. I would have done anything to stay on the island, but <laughs> Method Man would have had a whole new father. But um uh <laughs> we're staying here.
0: <laughs> we're never leaving.
1: We're not going to Staten. Anyway, so he goes from Staten from from Long to Staten. But um this kind of explains why he sticks out so much from all of them. Yeah, a little bit. Why he's the crossover, yeah, why he's the I don't want to say most successful, but he's the most known. It probably is, right? The most successful? I mean, commercially
0: successful, probably. I mean, yeah, he's, definitely. I mean, you know, I mean, not even music. I mean, he's done now, he's he's an actor, he's been in movies, he's done so much shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like one of those people, I feel like people that don't even know Wu-Tang, they probably know his face by now. Exactly. I mean, he's been all over the place. Yeah,
1: exactly. He's on Power Book 2 Ghost. It's coming back this fall. He's doing a great job on that show. If you want to watch it <laughs> with me.
0: Shout out to that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, oh, Yeah,
1: oh, like so, uh, and then this also makes sense, his songs, right? how his songs come from so many different styles of music, mm-hmm. right? Method Man starts with, Hey, you get off my cloud. That's Rolling Stones. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it, now we know why he sticks out so much. Sorry for chopping guys, in your ear. Um, now we know why he sticks, so, sticks out so much. So Method Man comes along, and then you've got some others as well.
0: You got Inspector
1: Deck. You got Inspector Deck. You got god You got you god um, I want to... Uh, Capadonna doesn't come in. Some of these dudes messed up and went to jail yeah right around the first album yeah right which is enter the Wu-Tang right the 36 chambers so some of them that we mentioned that you kind of don't know or feel like you don't want to mention they were essential members they just were kind of on some knucklehead stuff yeah and went to jail at the wrong time so weren't there for the promotion and the this and the that and the lyrics actually on right But, yeah, we had Master Killer. We have You God. We got Inspector Deck. Inspector Deck didn't get that popular.
0: But he was really good, though.
1: He brought us into the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, that first verse on Protect Your Neck is everything. Everybody knows that verse. Yeah. And that's what made people go, like, whoa, who is this? Like, this is crazy. This is good. It's like, by the time... Honestly, by the time you get to like Raekwon's verse, by the time you get to Ghostface's verse, like you're tired already. <laughs> like you, you, when, when, you are. When we were kids, we were like, Ghostface, Ugh. please, you know? <laughs> and then after it's like, as the Wu grows, you get to know all your different artists. So, yeah. yeah. So there's so many. They're like. Nine, eight, nine, ten. You never know if it's eight, nine, or ten members. There's just Wu. a lot. Yeah. I just
0: know there's always a lot of people.
1: Always a lot. So, yeah. So, they're starting slowly. They're, they're building their wall of Wu-Tang. Their B, their high. The wall of Wu. Yeah, the wall of Wu. They're building it little by little, brick by brick. So, they got all their uh, players. Nobody's trying to kill each other anymore. They're anymore. all trying to get along. Exactly. Yes. So Emphasis
0: on anymore. Anymore.
1: Anymore. And they get on this record and, you know, while they're going along with it, they're still kind of questioning, questioning it, but they're living it at so, the same time. Yeah,
0: I'm glad you said that because I want to say, so, okay, so, so yeah, so again, this is really all, so they, all these people were really good at rapping, but they didn't have the vision of what it could possibly be. Yeah, RZA was the one that had that. RZA is the one that brought them together. Mm-hmm. And RZA was like, yo, listen to me. I got a five-year plan. I'm the captain of this fucking bus. Uh-huh. You just get in the bus. If you listen to me, we'll go number one in five years. And it's like, it's crazy now because that did happen. Yeah. And like hearing that, you're like, yeah, you know, it's almost like you think of, you know, hindsight's 2020. It's like, yeah, of course that would happen. But like you say that to these fucking kids for the projects, I'm sure, well, Ghost and Ray for sure were just like, all right, bro. Yeah. There's no way they fucking believe that. But it's like, I mean, what do they have to lose by trying?
1: Yeah. Like what else are you going to do? You have something to do today? something else yeah
0: so it's like all right well we might as well just fucking go for it what else are we gonna do right
1: yeah you know because they were all at kind of like weird points in their life a couple of them are on probation a couple of them just lost a job and it's Mm. like do you really want to go back to work like or you know what i mean do you really want to go back to the streets and hustle like
0: or do you want to do this shit
1: exactly like why not come through and hone in on your skills at least yeah you know at least be the greatest studio rapper ever (laughs) shoot
0: so I have a question for the people at home.
1: Mm. Yes, Dan.
0: Are you ready?
1: We're ready, Dan. To enter. We are.
0: The thirty-six chambers.
1: We of are. Death. It's <laughs> thirty-six points of the body. You know what I'm saying? Only 10 degrees the part. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> the woo is the way, and the Tang is the slang. You know, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so this is the thing that's so cool about that album is that it was made in Riz's basement, right? And it sounds like it was made in a dirty basement. Yes. And I fucking love that. Yes. Because this is something we talked about um, in the Def Jam podcast, how, like, punk rock and hip-hop are basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, I listened to a lot of punk rock in middle school, like Sex Pistols, Clash, Minor Threat, all that shit. Mm -hmm. I didn't really get into, like, hip-hop too much until I was in high school. So Mm -hmm. I already knew all this punk rock shit. And when I first heard Enter the 36 Chambers... I was like, this makes me feel exactly the same way that I feel listening to like Black Flag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's this underground, like dirty shit, and yeah. you just know that it's real. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, just like because the way a big part of the way it sounded just like, I mean, they didn't have the best equipment. Right. I mean, they're recording with this whatever they could afford in Riz's basement. So that gritty ass sound is like not necessarily even intentional. Mm-hmm. But it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. And you can really feel the authenticity in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like yeah. when Ah, it's just so dope. And then, like, you know, like, when Ghost and Ray are, are fucking... They're doing their verses, like, you can feel the desperation in their voices. You know what I mean? Like, you can feel that shit because it's real. Like, they yeah. weren't in some fancy fucking Manhattan studio. No. They were just in this dude's basement. Like, yeah, we're going to make something out of ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And the belief in themselves and the, the how they catapulted that throughout the boroughs. And then also... uh nationally and internationally is just crazy. It just, like the woo swept like wildfire. I was a little girl and then it's like, you're looking at a show and then um, Method Man's up there and then you're just like listening to the music and then all of a sudden everybody in the crowd is like, sooo! And you're <laughs> like, what the Like, fuck? what's going on? How, how am I missing out on this? And it's like, hip hop is that kind of thing where like, back in like the 90s and like the early 2000s, you wanted more underground stuff. You were mm-hmm. happy to dig in the crates. Like, you wanted to be the one that discovered a song at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and be like, yo, you know what I heard last night on the tape? Like, right. you know, you wanted to be that person and a lot of the times um, when I was really little, the Wu-Tang Clan would pop up in those underground things. You'd be asleep and then you'd just wake up and you just hear like rhymes. You'd be like, who is this? Yeah, whoa. What is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So crazy. But yeah, like, I mean, despite who they knew, they actually did do the work, you know, the footwork. And that that's a crazy thing too. There's a lot of things that probably won't happen anymore in hip hop. You know, actually hitting the streets mm-hmm. and having a street team and having them give out your CDs and stuff like that. That's probably not going to be that huge. Seeing a bunch of your stickers all over the place and stuff like that. Right. And, and just having a crew that deep mm-hmm. traveling together in public transportation won't happen again in New York <laughs> City. Giuliani busted up a couple of things. And the, the yeah. mob and more than 50 people together outside in the streets never ever 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 again like
0: yeah there it was just a different time yeah and i mean like we were talking about this um when we decided to do this i mean so literally when they started you know they would literally be rolling 50 deep and they would just go to a show and like they would pack the show out just with their people yes right so their people would all be hype and like the people running the venues and shit would be like oh whoa what's <laughs> whoa, what's going on over here this is some <laughs> new shit we got to know about yeah so it's like they almost were like It almost was like a fake it till you make it kind of thing.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, 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 yep. And that's so cool. That's so excellent. And then, you know, and then everything just exploded. It's crazy how the Wu-Tang is. Um, Everybody knows the Wu-Tang Clan. You know, before, let's just segue into it. It's just like, you have to just not like rap music, right? To just like not like them. But they've influenced just about a lot of people, you know, and and everybody kind of knows them. You know, I... Cash rules everything around me, like Cream. pretty much you know, people know that so well. So you have to just like not like uh rap and, and, and to, to not like them really. Or you're just a hater. Yeah, then there's the hate. You and know. that's definitely a thing. That's definitely a thing because they've got so many members that it's hard for you if you like rap if you like hip-hop to say you don't like any of them right you know what i mean
0: well that's actually something i'm really glad you brought that up because i want to talk about it one of the things about um the first their first album that i like so much is all there's so much personality Mm -hmm. in that album Mm -hmm. because not only are so i mean all of these rappers are they're all great and they all have such different styles like it's funny they always talk about like the the pen being their sword and shit And I always, I just thought about this earlier when I was listening to Wu Tang. Like the way that um, Ghost and Ray hit the track, like, their voices almost cut through the track like a fucking sword. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they just slash right through that shit. And then you got Method Man who kind of, like, floats on top of the beat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you got ODB, who's just, like, fucking wild, just, like, in, out, left, right, like, all over the place. Yeah. And there's so many different styles all coming together that it makes it really interesting for you to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, all just, like, the skits and things that they had in the album, you kind of felt like you knew them a little bit. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very, very hilarious skits like you know um they really come from a part of like real good classic hip-hop that probably won't come back again and it's just so funny and that that is that's part of it like um part of like us you being able to see like a rapper like in the neighborhood and stuff like that you feel really connected to them because of the way they make their albums. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? With the skits and all that stuff like that. You're just like, Oh yeah. Like you feel so connected to them. Um, this is
0: some shit that we would talk about. Yeah. And here it is on the record. Here it
1: is on the record. And it's like, it's hard to, to really, um, find that. But the woo, the woo spread like wildfire. It was like just as fast as people were finding out and talking and stuff like that was how fast they were getting signed to record labels.
0: Well, that's that's another really interesting thing yeah. about the way that the record label was yeah. set up. So again, this is... Or the record deal, sorry. This is another thing where Riz is just a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. So first of all, they had a lot of leverage because he made the whole album, right? So when he's going to record labels... You know, if you're a record label, a lot of the investment is you have to spend the time and the money to make the album and then promote it and all this shit. Right. But they already had the album.
1: They're already there, buddy.
0: You know what I mean? So they're just like, okay, we want to sign you. Like, I got the album. What are you gonna do for us?
1: Yeah.
0: And Riz is like, all right, here's the thing. If you're if you want to sign the woo, you gotta make a contract. Where every solo artist can sign to whatever label they want. Yes. Which not only was unheard of then, that's unheard of now. Yeah. People don't do business like that.
1: They're not gonna let you go like that.
0: Nah. So so basically, the 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 label that actually signed Wu Tang, the group, got them at a bargain rate.
1: Yeah. Like loud. it was like
0: sixty k. Yeah. For the whole Wu Tang. RCA.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Because they gave them those concessions. Yes. And like, what a fucking wow, did that pay off for them? Yes, it did. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's so crazy.
1: Yeah. But the way they paint the picture of the label exec, exec, if you want to call him that, he's basically a fucking kid. Yeah. Right? The way they paint the picture is that he himself was a genuine person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's only fair. Like, I like when things happen like that. You know what I mean? This kid, you know, he didn't have a whole bunch of money. He probably had a good amount, you know, because he's running a label, but he wasn't big enough to go up against the giants and stuff. But it's because he was so real. You know what I'm saying? That he, th- because he was so close to the street still, that they were just like, no, we're going to roll with this kid. And yeah. that was pretty awesome. And yes, it did pay off for him. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and
0: it's so interesting. Like, my my perspective of Wu Tang is like so different now than it was when I first heard it. Cause I was, you know, I was listening to that shit. You know, I grew up in Central Florida, right? And I was just like, oh, Wu Tang, yeah, they're, they're from New York City. I just, that's like all I thought about it. And yeah. then like, I get here and I'm like, well, they're from Staten Island. So like, are they really. but um there's two reasons why that joke is funny first of all if y'all don't know (laughs) staten island is like the forgotten borough of new york city because like manhattan bronx uh Queens, Brooklyn, they're all up here. Yeah. And Staten Island is all the way the fuck down here.
1: Yeah. And you
0: can't even get there by the train. You have to take a boat or you have to take a car. Like So it's very, like, isolated from the rest of the city, really. Yes. And it feels different.
1: Yeah, it does. It really, really does. I mean, because, well, uh, all the other boroughs are urban with pockets of suburban in them. Right. And Staten Island is the reverse. Yeah, it's the flip. You know what I'm saying? It's suburban with pockets of urban in it. So it's It's weird to us. It's like, what is that?
0: Yeah. And the only other reason that I make that joke is because like, you know, I'm from Florida. So if there's anyone that's not going to make a joke about what is or isn't New York City, it's definitely me. (laughs) But I just felt like saying that because this is our podcast, okay? And we're the music maniacs, right? So they got the album. They got the deal. Yep. And shit blows up.
1: Shit blows up. They're making features. They're doing songs. They're waking young kids up in the middle of the night because they're making songs with Prodigy and Nas. And people are flipping out. And the woo is everywhere. They're making songs. They're making classic hip-hop songs with people like Mary J. Blige. Mm -hmm. It's out of control.
0: Well, and this is where the way that they set the deal up is so important. Because now, so they put out, you know, the first album as the group, Wu-Tang, and it's like, oh, it's fucking huge. Yes. You know, they put out, well, Protect Your Neck was the first single. We didn't mention that. Yes. But that's what really started getting them, like, buzzed that mm-hmm. they got the album deal, right? Right. So then they put the album out, and they blow up. You know, they got music videos out. They got all this shit. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, sh- this is the new New York sound Like, blah, 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 Like, New York's back. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah.
1: Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with
0: all over the fucking globe.
1: <laughs>
0: but, uh, and it's really interesting because at that time, like, well, they always talk about like the East Coast versus the West Coast thing and the difference in the sound between the East Coast and the West Coast hip-hop is so intense at this point. Yes. Because like the West Coast shit with like the Dre and the Snoop is like, you know, the high synths and mm-hmm. like you're rolling around in your convertible and the sun and you're just like blasting some shit. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the Wu-Tang shit was just like some hardcore, like dirty, gritty ass New York City type rap. Yeah. Like you could feel the difference in the, in the sound. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Big up to the RZA for those beats because when you think about like bring, bring the motherfucking ruckus like that beat is insane like I mean, it's it just thought-provoking beats to just wake up so many different things inside you besides you just wanting to dance. Like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, got, definitely got a shout-out the production style because it, it was so, like, bare-bone. And that's why I, why that's why I compare it to, like, punk rock. And it's, like, so, like, stripped down. Like, mm-hmm. that first album it was literally, like, drums, bass, and, like, a keyboard over it. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was it. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, some sample of some some kung fu movies. Yeah. Oh, God.
1: Yeah, yeah. And let's, let's, ha- let's take a second to talk about their sampling. Their sampling game is crazy they made you remember songs they and they made you remember lines in movies Mm -hmm. you know that you otherwise may not have remembered and stuff like that you know so that's cool um Little uh, little blips from other soul songs and stuff like that that you never would have known, and and then you finally hear the song and you're just like, oh, that's from Wu Tang. Oh yeah, great sampling yeah, yeah. style, like great, great production, just awesome. So now everybody's doing well. Wu Tang is entering its golden era, mm-hmm. and to me, the the early stars, quote unquote, of Wu Tang. Are not really the early stars of Wu Tang. We've got some more people coming out, right? So the Riz is all the way in the front and the Jizza was all the way in the front. They had their own record deals and we know them from that. But they're not, they're no longer kind of like the men in the front of the Wu Tang, even though we still love them and we'll buy anything they have to put out. Right. The ones that are coming to the front, it's not even Method Man came to the front right away. You Mm -hmm. know, he was a crossover artist. But then not Method Man, but now Ghostface and Raekwon. Are like rising through, and I feel that Ghostface and Raekwon are the crux of the golden era of Wu Tang. Yeah, that is the only built for Cuban Links album Mm -hmm. with Raekwon Capadonna, who is an amazing lyricist, and I think is essential in the golden era of Wu Tang because he. You first saw him on the Ice Cream song, Mm -hmm. and the Ice Cream song was huge. Yeah, you know they. They, we could Nobody could believe that they actually did a song like that. It was weird. <laughs> and you could tell they were starting to make money. It yeah. was different. Nobody was scared of how they looked anymore. Because people used to fear the woo, okay? Yeah. They would come, they would literally come with half of their hair braided, <laughs> okay, with a tissue in their nose, and clothes, a hoodie, like, you know what I mean? So it's like, you were, like, afraid. Yeah. But now they weren't doing that no more. Except ODB. Uh, well, of course. <laughs> of course. He had to keep Derail. it real. But, oh, yeah. something
0: else I want to say. Um, you were talking about how like the beats or in some the way the production is kind of thought provoking. Yeah. The other thing that always really stood out to me about the Wu in general was just the supreme intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like they were so obviously, like, well-read and, like, not ignorant at all. Like, the shit that they were saying and, like, the vocabulary, like, was just insane. Yeah. Like, I saw a video. This is, like, I'm trying to, I'm going to try to explain this in a way that makes sense. It was literally, like, comparing, like, artists when they first came out, like, their vocabulary and their usage of words. Mm -hmm. And they had, like, a graph showing, like, the most, like, in their first 1,500 published words, like, the most uh, variety of words used. Okay. And this was including, like, Shakespeare and shit. Okay. And the amount of the vocabulary of Wu Tang Clan exceeded Shakespeare.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Not That's only of cool. Wu
0: Tang Clan, but even like individual rappers, like wow. like Jizza. Um, I think I think Ghostface, maybe. I don't I don't remember who the other one was, but definitely Jizza. And I just remember thinking of that, like, I remember hearing words in Wu Tang albums, and I'm just like, what does this mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. They're just using so many fucking great words, and yeah. their vocabulary was so wild, and things that I've never heard in like other styles. And I thought that was—I always thought that was great.
1: Yeah, that's amazing, and that's that's gone too. You know, where it's like it's not about um, the label that I have on, or how much money I have, or how many hoes I can get, and stuff like that. And then not to say that's never—that was never in hip hop back then at that time too. But a lot of times it was about like you just look at how well i put these words together Mm -hmm. look at how well i bring out words that you've never heard in your life like that was like the point of being like a lyricist and if you got stopped in the street like guaranteed if you shun a camera on any of these dudes at any time they would hit you with at least some eight bars like you know what i mean because they're rappers like you know so they i mean and lyrics just got out of control around their their golden era. It was just like mind blowing. I they, bomb
0: atomically. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Socrates. Yeah. I sing a song, I sing, sing, sing sippin sing, sipping on ginseng. ginseng. <laughs> I mean it's just like it's just it's just too much. It's just too much. And then of course the skits. The skits are hilarious. Um uh, there's a Ghostface and a <laughs> Old Dirty Bastard skit where Old Dirty Bastard pretends like he's a crackhead and he yeah. wants to buy a TV for <laughs> Ghostface. It's just, and then Ghostface kind of loses character and you hear them kind of laughing in yeah, a, yeah. a little bit. Like, it's just hilarious. But, um,
0: like, yeah, so much personality. Yeah. On the records. Yeah. On all of them.
1: And just like a lot of uh, hip hop stories, you know, people end up going to jail yeah. and things like that. And they were riding really high for a while and Old Dirty Bastard goes to jail. Um, oh well, we skip. We well, he put out an album first. Yeah, he had out oh, old so, dirty bastard.
0: <laughs> so like we said, so he so RZA got the deal where every individual person could put out albums on a different label, yes. which is wild. Yeah. So the first one was Meth and Man. Yes,
1: he goes to Def Jam. To Cal and old dirty bastards pissed because he always wanted to be on Def Jam.
0: Right. But, but then RZA, he gets
1: on Def Jam at fifty and they kill him anyway.
0: Well, this is <laughs> well, this is actually I thought this was really dope because RZA was like. Nah, don't go to Def Jam because meth is already on Def Jam. We got other labels to infiltrate. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. I was like, this dude is like... Riz is like that. I mean, Riz is clearly a genius, but he's literally like he reminds me. He's definitely read like Sun Tzu, like the Art of War. Yeah, I was about to say. You know what I mean? Like
1: he sits up in the tree and is like waiting. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like
0: he's got the whole master plan. Like he sees the battle as a chess field. Yes. You know what I mean? He saw the whole rap game as a fucking chessboard, and he's just fucking. He's the master. He's he's the puppet master of the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it is crazy because you don't. Well, they don't want you to. They don't want you to know. They want you to know they're smart. They don't want you to know they're that intelligent until it's all over, you Mm -hmm. know, in a way. It's like, ha, you've been had by the Wu-Tang Clan.
0: I don't know. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. I always thought they were just mad smart.
1: Yeah, I think they don't want you to. I think they don't let you know their moves until it's all over. Like, they'll right, explain right. it after. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're just pushing their tape in your face.
0: Right, right. And then
1: they're like all these artists. And then you're like, oh, you think it's somebody just wanting to put his boys on. But it's like, right. no, it's strategic.
0: That's interesting. Cause I feel like that's more of like, that's probably your perspective of like being around here when yeah. they were actually here. Yeah. But for me, I was just listening to all the shit after. Okay. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So I'm just like, oh, these guys are the fucking shit like i don't necessarily relate to all of the lyrics but i fucking feel it because it's like i don't know about you but i never sewed someone's asshole shut and kept feeding them and feeding them and feeding them
1: i don't (laughs) sprinkle crazy things in my weed cigarettes but
0: i'm just like
1: i don't smoke bones
0: yeah i don't know i was just like the whole time I was like i don't i'm not exactly at the exact same thing that they're talking about but i fucking get what they're trying to say yeah and like that's all i cared about i was yeah. like i fucking love this shit yeah you know what i mean And again yeah. this is you know i'm in high school in like 2009 so this is way after the album came out mm-hmm. and i'm discovering this shit i'm just like this is crazy good yeah you know what i mean
1: yeah so awesome so amazing um and it, like it's just the way that the they themselves just expanded as artists and just to see their creativity and stuff like that. My personal favorite artist from the Wu Tang clan is Ghostface Killer. Mm. He was my least favorite artist in the beginning. Interesting. I was like, damn, this guy's corny. <laughs> like, whew, I just didn't like it. And then after he became so colorful and animated that I just loved it. And I think it was the um he did a video. And it was Speed Racer Mm -hmm. that was mouthing his lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And the beat was just so hot. Right. I'm trying to remember
0: the order of the solo album. So Method Man was definitely first. Then it was ODB. Then
1: it was ODB with that album with his welfare card on the front. Listen, this guy used to be on MTV (laughs) showing, yes, going to the welfare office and getting all his goods and stuff like that. And then What was he rolling up in? I forgot what he rolled up in a limousine. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that dude was so wild. It's so funny,
1: out of control. ODB
0: is one of those characters that's like so mythic that like I can't, I almost can't believe that he was ever actually alive.
1: It's you insane. know what I mean. Like he, you
0: just hear about ODB, it sounds like a myth.
1: And it, uh, he was, I mean, for girls, uh, he was kind of exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> he was exhausting. Okay, but. But the talent is there. So it's like you laugh at some moments and you don't laugh at the other moments yeah. and stuff like that. But he was all cool. I mean, one of my brothers, my stepbrother, that was his he that was his favorite member of the Wu and he actually mm. bought that CD. So it was in my house at one point. And like ODB is just somebody who just wanted to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. And
0: you know that just by his rapping style. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've heard a lot of rappers before him and a lot of rappers from after him. Nobody has that style. That's right. Nobody could even try to do that. That is just so fucking unique to him mm-hmm. that as soon as you hear, there's no question who's this.
1: Yeah, I can't. You run. know that it's ODB. I'm the one. It. I'm the ace. I never been taken out. I keep MCs looking out.
0: So, okay, so
1: so he's making problems. Okay, somebody there. There was an Anslinger somewhere that saw. ODB. A, a government agent. There was a government agent somewhere that saw ODB go into the welfare store, flossing on MTV and all <laughs> that stuff. Because you know, MTV is just down the block. You get you hop on the train and you go right there, everybody's outside. If they recognize you,
0: where was their office at? You're in.
1: Was fifteen it Times fifteen Broadway. Yeah, pretty much like right there. Not fifteen fifteen. There's a theater at fifteen fifteen. Because I work Broadway. at fifteen fifteen Broadway. Not that theater. that's like a theater or something like that, fifteen fifteen, right? Isn't there a brown marquee type of thing at fifteen fifteen?
0: Mm. Hmm. Mm something like where I,
1: I I swear it's like a brown it looks it doesn't look very modern, fifteen fifteen Broadway.
0: I think it might have been renovated lately. Like, Probably. I haven't yeah. been
1: up to Times Square in a while. Yeah. I'm not a tourist. <laughs> what got and I don't work in the city anymore i don't yeah. I don't work in the city anymore I haven't worked in the city in about two years but um yeah so 1515 is here and if you're going north, Mm-hmm. On the west side of the street, MTV is the next block at the corner right there. Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, you just hop off the train, you show up, everybody recognizes you. Of course, they're going to let you in the building. Right. So there you're like, give me a cameraman. And back then, MT- if you look at MTV back then, you see how crazy everybody was. Yeah. Like you could just show up and do anything with yeah. MTV. So that's what he did. And then somebody sees him and they're like, I don't like this. And then it starts a snowball effect. He ends up in jail.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, that was kind of just bound to happen. Come I mean, on. if you because you're televising rolling up with all your fucking money to the welfare office, like yeah. this is oh, this looks like fraud. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Looks yeah. like televised fraud to me.
1: I believe the term is he was asking for it. He may have been. That's the technical term.
0: But again, nobody's gonna fucking tell him what to do. No, he's gonna do what the fuck he wants to
1: do. You know what's gonna tell him what to do? The law. The law. The law. Ah, nahm, the, law. the law threw the book at him. Yeah. <laughs> well i mean you know come on
0: so he put out his album
1: yeah
0: uh then raekwon yes only built for cuban links
1: Ooh, that was hot fire
0: and then ghostface after
1: that right yes Yeah. That was the Iron Man album. Yeah. You might as well have called that Only Built for Cuban Links Part 2 because the three culprits on the first album that was hot, hot fire, ended up on the same album, actually on the cover. It was Cap, it was Iron Man, Tony, and then it was also Raekwon. And what a trio. Those three together were everything. Yeah. Everything. So that was great. I mean, and then after that, everybody starts doing different solo projects. You got, like, Method Man now with Redman doing different mm-hmm. things, and everybody's just growing, and the it, woo's getting bigger and bigger, but they're starting to split apart in a way, too. Yeah, but they they do
0: definitely get one more classic album out, right?
1: A tri, uh, Triumph? That, no, the song is Triumph, but it's the double album. Yeah, double
0: yeah, yeah. Album. Wu-Tang Forever. But this yeah. is the thing. So... Before
1: this then, they were kind of, like, fighting with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a big deal for them to come back together and make that album. Yeah,
0: yeah. But this is the thing about that first, like, round of solo albums that I love so much is that this was still all being made in the basement. Yeah. So it still all had that really gritty sound to it. Yes. Which is what I love. Yeah. And it's really funny because RZA, I mean, I was l- listening to him talk. He was like, I was so focused on this shit for, like, three years. Like, I basically didn't leave my basement Like, I wasn't partying. I wasn't really hanging out with many people. Like, I was just doing this. So, we had like hundreds of beats. And, like, they would just come through. And he was, they they were like, Yeah, it was like coming through to the fucking candy store. Like, we would come through and just be like, Oh shit, that beat's dope. Can I get that? Has anyone claimed this one yet? I want that on my solo album. And he'll be just, Riz is like, Okay, yeah, you can have this one. Ghost, I got this one for you. Like, he's just fucking handing out beats like candy. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: That is crazy. Um,. Yeah, I-, I like that you love that because you know me. Don't get too big on me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it in the basement. I like it gritty. But those are my favorite times from the Wu-Tang Clan. Me too. Like by the time that double album came out, The people, I don't want to say the people weren't feeling Wu-Tang at all. It's just, I think the people were kind of exhausted. I think like uh, Tupac had just died, like uh, Big just died. And then the Wu was like breaking up into different parts. And I don't want to say that album wasn't received well, that double album. People really love the Wu-Tang Clan and they will rally behind anything that the Wu-Tang Clan does. But that double album didn't have all the bangers like the first one. Well, the
0: first one is just untouchable,
1: untouchable. And like, you could just tell that there was a little fragmentation in the group because everything wasn't as, you know, together as, Mm. as it was. Like, I remember, honestly, I remember not liking the album. Interesting. Like I remember actually not liking it. That first single, of course that was hot. They had already had the video out for that it was two it was gravel pit and then it was triumph it was yeah. two singles so they were already out and then by the time the album came it was just like oh we'll still we still want to say that they are great Right. So we'll keep doing that. Well, because
0: at that time, again, well, using Riz's words, they had already infiltrated the entire music business. Yeah. Right? They, I mean, literally, like, <laughs> like they had solo people on, like, every major label. Mm-hmm. They had their own album that had gone crazy platinum. So at this point, it's like they already took shit over. Yeah. Like, the five year plan happened.
1: Yes. You know what I yes, mean? It Which did. is
0: still so crazy. Like, it's just. You know, people always talk about, like, oh, like, I'm manifesting this for myself. And, like, well, they really fucking did that. They did. At least RZA did, for sure. And everyone else was, you know, along for the ride. Mm -hmm. But they made that shit happen. And that's that's still... I think that's the most inspiring thing of Wu-Tang to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're just so great. I mean, and now they're in movies and everything. I mean, they... It's like they they influence, re-influence. Like if you look at Kill Bill, the whole, right? It's just like that's from the old karate uh, flick movies and stuff. But it's like they literally did something modern with an old feel Mm -hmm. because it's like they made a movie that was a Wu-Tang album.
0: Yeah. Well, well, we don't have to get all the way into this. But yeah, because RZA was actually like friends with Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Because RZA was getting into making movies. And he actually made his own movie, The Man with the Iron Fist. Yeah. And that was later, though. But, yeah, so I think RZA was, like, the musical director of Kill Bill, right? Definitely. Yeah, so that's just fucking dope.
1: Excellent. It's so excellent because that movie is, like, a um, a, a Wu-Tang album. It and, really is. And it's, like, RZA also started breaking off in different groups. He had a lot of busy work to do. Um... We didn't all necessarily love these groups. They had some good songs. It had like Kill Army. Mm. You had like the Grave Diggers. Yeah. I just felt like some of these names, you're just taking it a little too far. <laughs> it's sometimes that has to do with where you end up in the game. It's just yes. like it's too much. But um, so, yeah, different like side projects and stuff like that that came out. You had a, a lot of other woo affiliates like Shaheem, the Rugged Child. Ah. Who who was just about he's probably about Bow Wow's age now. So him and Bow Wow were about the same age mm-hmm. rapping, but Shaheem was real. <laughs> as opposed to As opposed to somebody who was really cute whose mom wanted to get him into acting, so they was like, Let me let him just rap with you guys. This yeah. is cute. No, Shaheem, I believe Shaheem was out on the streets selling as like an eleven year old and they actually went up to him and was like, Yo, you should you your rhymes are okay. You should you should yeah. come down with us. Yeah. Like, so so they had a lot of, like, side venues and, you know, a lot of different things going on. But the Wu, Wu-Tang is forever. The Wu is forever. Uh-huh. And this
0: is, I do want to shout out something about the second album. So, yeah, uh, like I said, I mean, the first one is just untouchable. It, yeah. It's always going to be my favorite. For yeah. Sure. But... And when the second one I listened to it, it's like you could tell that they upgraded Mm -hmm. because the sound of it is like, oh, this was recorded in a studio. Yeah, like now, you know what I mean? Like from the first track, you're just like, oh shit, they came up. You know what I mean? Like you can hear that, which I don't personally like because, like I said, I like the gritty shit. Me too. But but they're still they still are innovating in a way because I mean Triumph Mm -hmm. was like their biggest single, really, Mm -hmm. and I mean that song is like nine verses with no chorus. That's true. Like, who would have ever thought to do that? Who would think to do that now?
1: (laughs) The Wu-Tang Clan.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like the way that you come out, I I bomb atomically... Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses Hypothesis. can't define how I be dropping these, these mockeries. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, no one else was saying shit like that. Nope. Even even then, at the second album, they were still they were still doing some crazy shit that nobody else was doing.
1: Yeah, they just have so many great ways to say things and it's just like the simple things. Like, you want to think twice, I think not. Like, it's just just that alone. Yeah. I'd just be like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Method Man legit said on a track, 10, 9, eight, seven, 6, 5, four. 4 and I was like, whoo!
0: That's hot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, in the Method Man, I mean, he just—he was clearly a star. Yeah. I mean, he was—he was a tall, good-looking guy. Yeah. He had a lot of charisma, and like we were saying before, (laughs)
1: like
0: we were were saying before, like so he didn't come from Staten. He came from Long Island, so Mm -hmm. his his vibe wasn't as, like, aggressive, like, street. Like, he was, like, I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to smoke blunts to, like, hang out with girls and shit. Right. Like, he wasn't, like, really, like, an angry presence on the track. Right. Which I think is a big reason why he was able to do so many other things. He became so big
1: in his own right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely going to, like, you know... I mean, you're definitely gonna cross different like borders and stuff like yeah. that when your 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 flow is just a little bit more lighter, a little less grimy. I mean some of the yeah. stuff like gose said like you can't make that's not even English
0: yeah that's that's stuff. never gonna be uh commercially, like... Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, kids are not going to be, like... oh, Or, like, grandparents are not going to be, like... I don't know if grandparents will listen to Method Man, but definitely closer to Method Man than fucking Ghost and Ray.
1: Exactly. Your grandparents aren't going to cop the beef and broccolis. Yeah. They're they're not going to cop those.
0: Um, Yeah, so, I mean obviously that was like, that's the classic period from, Mm -hmm. I think from the first album to the second album is really like the classic period.
1: Yeah. And they
0: continued to do things. Obviously they put out more albums, obviously, and it's still good. But as far as like a cultural, like phenomenon, like that was really the peak. Yeah. And they really showed everybody like, we can do this shit ourselves. We don't give a fuck what the industry says. We're doing this our way. Mm -hmm. And they made it happen.
1: They really did. And after them came so many success stories like that. That's like masterpiece whole formula, Mm -hmm. you know, master, p and uh who's these guys down in uh new orleans baby and no Lil Limit. wayne and yeah yeah, yeah yeah no limits master p and then um i forgot what baby's label is i don't remember but they came after that and uh, that's what you saw you saw big cash money cr- cash money yeah, yeah, yeah you saw big crews ri- rising up and maybe they had rap battles Right. And maybe some would pull out their knives. Maybe I was just joking. <laughs> and they would
0: have a kung fu battle.
1: <laughs> They'd circle each other in syncopation. <laughs> no
0: guns allowed. None. Only feet. <laughs> <Pua>! <laughs> right? So they were just innovators. Like, I don't want to not talk about their other shit, but it's like, that is like... When, you, when I think of Wu-Tang, I think of that era from, like, 92 to 96, 7 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely.
1: That's that's when they hit. After that, they were... I mean, of course, they're albums. But after that, there were no more album, albums. There were no, like, oh, yo wait, what am I talking about? Yes, there were other albums.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, really? That's
1: new <laughs> I was to me. like, there are no antip- anticipated albums. And then I remember how much I anticipated Ghost Faces. Supreme Clientele album, yeah. which was absolutely awesome. So yeah, they're making other things into the next century. They have actually they've got enough legs to do things kind of like on their own. They don't really need like the RZA to do stuff for them yeah. necessarily. So they got their own solo deals, their own solo projects. People are making stores. They're making Movies. And to be fair, though, that's
0: basically what RZA said. Yeah. Right. He was like, five year plan. I'm the fucking captain. You listen to me. I'm gonna get us where we where we deserve to be." Mm-hmm. And he did it. And then after that, like, yeah, like everybody, it's not as tight. Like, you know, I mean, now they they all have money. They're living in different places. They got houses. They're not all fucking together. Like in the projects, fucking rapping. So obviously, it's gonna not be as tight yeah you know what i mean obviously they're still all i assume they're all pretty tight i mean there was some falling outs in like the mid-2000s with some certain members and stuff
1: yeah method man and like you god fell out for a little bit and method man was like well the thing is is that the two of them used to live together you Mm. know right in the beginnings and he was like when we went on tour they would just assume that we would want to bunk together uh it's too much it's it's just too much too much and then i think they were both used to being very attractive attractive they said uh Method Man said "You god used to be what they call the haves. So when he moved to Staten Island, you god had like all the new jackets. He had Mm. all the new the Jordans, all the things the kids in the hood want or whatever, whatever. Method Man didn't really have that. But if you cut to now, Method Man is the fly boy now, right? So the two of them have – they have an issue because they're the same.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: They just used to having the same thing. I I believe that was the only thing. I saw them on Drink Champs about two or three years ago. Ever since then, they have – um, you got to him in? Yeah. They've oh, okay. no doubt anything. They were still kind of biting at each other a little bit. Yeah. But it's, it's still kind of um, ironed out. Um, uh, the other exec, like Divine, who is... Um, Riz's brother. Riz's older brother. Um, he has issues with other label executives over like Old Dirty Bastard and stuff. Because um, they actually feel like the Old Dirty Bastard was stolen up from under them. Yeah. yeah so. I,
0: I want to say something, though. I thought this was really funny. So, I was so you know, they have the, the Wu-Tang uh, series on Hulu. Yeah. And, um, they were talking about it like, yeah, like this this is one of the most legit like biopics because it's like riz is the executive producer. Like, Method Man is a producer, Mm -hmm. fucking Ghostface, Raekwon, they're all actually involved with it. Yeah. And also, the estate of the old dirty bastard. (laughs) And I was like, wow, he came the fuck up. (laughs) You know what what I'm saying? Like, I never thought I would hear those words. Like, the estate of the old dirty bastard. Like, that's so hilarious. It is. It's like, that's how you really know they fucking made something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Just to hear that.
1: Just to hear it is hilarious. You're right.
0: Oh, and uh, Liquid Swords.
1: Yeah. JZA,
0: we didn't say anything about that album.
1: No, we didn't, but that was a good one.
0: That was also in the classic period of the first round.
1: Hell yeah. really. When the MCs came to something brain that was a good one. The Beats. Oh my God, The Beats. RZA, The Beats. You just, you just swore by The Beats. Yeah. So it's like you could not deny them. They yeah. went inside you.
0: Yeah. So it's crazy. And RZA already was like, I wanted my albums to be like movies. Yeah. When he did a really good job of that. So that's yeah. why him transitioning to actually making movies – made a lot of sense yeah definitely and then you know that's the thing like as time goes on now everybody's they have more other interests besides just fucking rapping and bringing themselves out of their current situation mm-hmm. so now they're doing all these other things and like they're still putting out albums but it's not they've already made their fucking name like yeah. they're already legends
1: it's already legendary I went on Ghostface's handle the other day and they're commemorating the 25th anniversary of, of Iron Man yeah and like the, the the vinyl copy is being sold for like a hundred bucks like you know what I'm saying it's, yeah. it's a big deal now there's no I mean he can retire but rappers never want to retire you got to force them into the ground like LL Cool J wants to get off that set and make an album but it's just that rap is as Marky Mark Mark Wahlberg says a young man's sport Mm. so you can't like just keep hitting us and hitting us and hitting us we get sick and tired of you after a while and um that's kind of what Happened to Wu Tang, but still with a lot of respect. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're, you're not going to be on, you're not going to chart on Billboard or anything like right now. But if you put out an album, we may listen to it. We're not going to run to the streets for it and stuff like that. But we'll watch you on that TV show. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and if you come out with something clothing wise or something, well, we'll buy whatever you got to sell. Right, right. But right. yeah.
0: Um, and I also wanted to say um, they did, <laughs> this is. I thought this was really interesting. So one of their further albums, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, which by the way, I don't think we said, Shaolin is Staten Island in the the Wu-Tang slang, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So this was a few albums later. They were like, this is really so interesting to me. So Riz is like, you know, we felt like music was really devalued. So we decided to make this album and only make one copy of the album. (laughs) Which again, like... RZA just has a different mind. You know what I mean? Like, whatever you want to say, like, yeah, like, he might not have been from, you know, the absolute bottom, you might have connections with people, but his mind is not, that's not something you teach. That's not something, that's just something that he has.
1: You know what I mean? I love to watch him DJ because it's the strangest thing. You would think he's not DJing. It's like, you would think those beats didn't come out the RZA. Like, he's just so unassuming, yeah you know and it's like i watch i was watching him dj one of the shows and he's just here there just picking little things he's just looking up sometimes you can see a little insecurity he's not sure here there and it's just like like he's not you know how some djs are like you know they would like bring in the party and this is just
0: i just love hearing him talk he's so interesting he's such an interesting dynamic person i was just watching a podcast he was on like a week ago and it's just, like, he's such a wise person. Mm-hmm. Like, he really is. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so they made this album, and they only made one copy of it. And they literally... It's so funny. They made this huge, like, elaborate, like, like um, plaque to put it in with, like, the Wu Woo, the Woo fucking uh, logo and, like, jewels on it and all this shit. And they, like, got stopped in the airport when they were transporting it because security was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was all this crazy shit. And then the, they... Um, that fucking pharma douchebag, uh, Martin Shkreli,
1: okay. bought it really
0: for two mil, <laughs> nice. and then it got seized when he got arrested. So like, no, I don't even know if anyone knows where that album is right now. That's it's insane, yeah. and it took them like years to make that album, apparently. But I just think that's crazy. Just like the idea to even think of doing that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like nobody would think to do that.
1: Yeah, that's insane. That's so cool, but I could see that happening. Because it's like when the Wu was out, a lot of people that's like 40 or something like, you know what I'm saying? That just find it made it to their cap, you know, they've got those millions now. Yeah. And now they want to be those collectors, those yeah, yeah, collecting yeah. douchebags. That Exactly. I got a Warhol in my, you know what I'm saying? I got a limited edition Wu-Tang. Mother- I got an original
0: <laughs> Wu-Tang that y'all will never hear <laughs> unless I want you to hear it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a power move.
1: Yeah, for but, um, sure.
0: I don't know. I mean, what what else should we say about them?
1: Um, uh, Well, we got to rest in peace to ODB. Um, yeah, yeah. He comes out of jail. He looks totally different and wants to make some more music. And he gets snatched up by Rock Nation, Rockefeller, Def Jam, whoever snatched it up. His family was pissed. And then all of a sudden, he's not here anymore at 50. So we're kind of sad about that because the Wu had a lot of longevity and nobody really went down in the Wu. You know what I mean? They stood strong for a while, you know? Yeah. And uh, ODB passed away, and that's really sad. It's sadder that he passes away after he calmed down. You would expect him to pass away back then. You know, they, they like, did a... um, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to live long. I'm trying to do businesses. I'm trying to blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to get this and that. And I, when I heard that two nights ago, I was like, really? I was like, that's what you were trying to do? Because I was there and yeah. he was out of
0: control. Well, that's the thing I was saying before. It's like if you listen to any of the Wu-Tang, it's like if you were to pick one of them, that's probably going to die early. Yeah. It would probably be him. Yeah. I mean, just even the way that he fucking talked, like he- you, could, you just knew he was wild. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know. You can only do that for so long. You yeah. can only be wild for so long.
1: Exactly. Because then after a while, the drugs, they stop liking you.
0: Yeah. So ODB passed in like 2003. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right before they founded Wu-Tang Financial.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, the Wu brothers.
0: <laughs> you need to diversify your bonds. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's like. I don't know. The main takeaway about Wu-Tang is just like they made their they made their own shit happen. Mm-hmm. Like they saw the way the industry was and they were like, "Fuck that. We're going to do our own shit. We're not compromising for anyone. We're going to be our authentic selves." And yeah. that's what resonated with so many people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you can't do that. Now they got things like payola. <laughs> They pay people to come and fill up your stands or not fill up your stands. You know, the proof is not in the pudding anymore. Mm. The proof is in the lying numbers. You heard it
0: here first. <laughs> so, shout out to the Woo. Uh huh. Shout out to everyone from Staten Island. Woo, Soo. Shout out to all of you for watching. Hey. We're Side After Dark, aka the Music Maniacs. If you like the podcast, Go to patreon.com slash musicmaniacs. Help us keep doing this. Listen to our music, wherever you stream music and um, all that shit. Uh what other is there any other promo things? I uh we got a
1: show coming up April nineteenth here in New York City.
0: This will that will already have happened.
1: <laughs> by, the <time laughs> by the time this by the time
0: <laughs> by the time you listen to this, but if you came to the show at Parkside Lounge, we appreciate you.
1: Watch our show <laughs> video. Watch the
0: video of the show. It should be out around now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just thanks again for being here. We appreciate you and go home and listen to some fucking Wu-Tang.
1: Woohoo! Woo. So- <laughs> <laughs>